0: was it two years. I think so When I got back from Japan, wasn't that the last
1: time I saw him? No, I feel like I'm, We talk yeah, That we was 2017 yeah, like, see. I see you Yeah I feel like I see you Cause, Cause you You know went to Japan in right. 2017 right now, Cause that's why I, I was in Copenhagen In
0: 2019
2: Wait. I saw you Where did we see each other? I think were in Japan in 2018 Was it 2017? That was 2017 cause I was in Copenhagen And you yeah,
0: oh. one wanted that You was in what Mali or some shit? Bali, Bali. Bali. I, Bali. I ain't seen
3: you since No stunt. Oh you was somewhere too
0: ago, I was in
4: China I was in <laughs> No, I was, in okay. I was in India. Okay. I
2: knew, yeah, Taj Mahal and about shit. It. Y'all some traveling brothers? brothers.
4: Every other
0: time I come here, Ooh. you all. But
4: always but i beat been like
2: like the virus shit. No. Shit. The one
0: part.
3: podcast. I ain't nothing you like, can do about it. So, we recorded. We recording? Yeah, yeah. It's the first time, huh? Yeah, it was good. Whole crew. Some good info coming out. Yeah, Whole crew. Is this part started. crew here? Yeah, we we here. We started. Whole crew here.
2: That's some dope shit, man.
3: Welcome. Yeah, welcome, oh. everybody. Thank you. Yeah, it's on. You don't need to. There's no button. It's just me? It? Check, check. Say something? Hello. Yeah, Is that the gain that and that stuff. Mic? Kind of. Can
5: oh. Oh. What's, what's the difference? <laughs> what you asking for? I don't know. what you for? I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. I'm like, what's happening here? Hey, I wanted to confuse yeah. you. Yeah, come on. Come All on. Right,
3: just call me. Right. I'm good? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You sound good. Um. All right. So... I'm, I think everybody just introduce yourself, and then, uh, oh, one thing I want to say before we start, this is our two-year anniversary of when we started. Hey, uh, happy birthday. So, uh, and it's Black History Month, absolutely. so we got a couple things to talk about. It's a leap year. It's a lot yeah. going on. Today. It's
1: my grandfather's birthday. Shout oh, absolutely. Uh, he gets it once whenever this 29th comes around.
3: So every every, every four, four years. Yeah, I got a boy
2: like that back home yeah. in uh, Atlanta. Like, he was born on a 29th of leap year, so he got the... You know his birthday fluctuates. Yeah, I I looked it up looked, because basically,
3: like I, w- I was wondering why <clears> we still <throat> had a leap year, but it says that the Earth goes around the sun uh, 365.25. So yeah, every oh, four years they gotta add
2: a day. Look at this motherfucker being Wikipedia and shit. I'm I fancy and shit. The more you know, the educated yeah, Negro. Dude, dude. Right. Exactly. It's
0: your birthday
2: too, right? What? Yeah. Shout out
5: to Queens Goat Ja Rule. <laughs> I don't Shout out about to the cool. Why queens niggas
2: don't? They don't really collect that nigga, right? Oh, He's white. He got. He got. 50 hey, the rule but is a wait, fucking wait, joke.
5: Wait, wait, wait. But let's be clear though. <laughs> let's be clear though. For a good five six years. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying like he ain't hits, got hits, but that nigga hits. rule is a joke, man. Give me a verse. Give me a bar. Give me well, one well, quote. Well, I, I say. don't know. Yeah. Uh, baby, but what I feel about like, you. Uh, I think I got no Cookie I think Monster it ass terrible.
0: nigga. It's amazing.
2: We uh, in. I, 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 exactly we I in Black Dang. History Month. On talking about ja okay, I'm ja Talking about
0: ja Rule on <laughs> The last Black day Month <laughs> of the new decade. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Can, can we oh, yeah,
3: yeah let's move on. Um. <clears throat> go
5: ahead. Hello, everybody. This is Shig, the original Queens Don Dada. How y'all doing?
0: Yo, this is Thousand representing Southside Chicago.
1: Yo, this is Colfax representing the South Side, Veteran. Easy
2: Rose, Groundsville, Brooklyn. Dress warm. This your boy, the Grady Baby from ATL. By way of Decatur, A D all day.
3: Yeah, man. It's your boy Tony Stallion. Uh I think for a new decade, I'm going with Chef.
2: Because, you know, I'll be Ooh. cooking up these podcasts. So <laughs> <like> Tony Tony <laughs> Chef. He's digging gorgeous, bag, right. into the woo bag now. New bag, new name. Stagging into the woo bag.
0: Alright, go ahead, Thousand. Go. All right guys uh, so I got a chance to host today so
2: And um, keep in mind you're hosting with all of us here as a unit. Four. Both oh, Volt- yeah. Voltron.
0: Units. So Voltron. So this is Voltron like collecting today. Yeah. So um so let's get right into it. It's Black History Month. Last day of Black History Month. Um So my first question is to everybody uh how did you celebrate respectively? How did you celebrate Black History Month? Is it still relevant to you? Thoughts on
3: Black History Month, 2020. One of the things that I did to celebrate is is kind of like just enjoy life. I think I want to say.
5: Okay, right, that's yeah. powerful. Um, for the second class, for the second class that I did this year, I'm a professor, so the second class I did was all about Black History, uh, understanding how uh, Black folks have been portrayed historically in advertising, showing that there's a better path forward, right, and, and keeping a level of respect when it comes to. Speaking to targeted audiences, um, a lot of my students are persons of color. They are women that have some LGBTQIA a lot plus, of alphabets. plus <laughs> folks, right? So just letting them know that there are <laughs> uh, organizations that I try to speak to them. So I use Black History Month as the concept for understanding cultural diversity.
0: Okay,
1: cool. Yeah, for me, I just try to stay masked, angry, keep that passion going because... <laughs> Whitey is the motherfucking devil, and <laughs> you know, we can see who's militant. <laughs> Dead ass though. No, I've listened to a lot of Malcolm X. Matter of fact, over on this way here, I listened to the King Holiday Chorus yeah, just to right. get my vibes going. But seriously, we need to have that voice again because right now we are under also. attack, and I believe that we don't have that articulation anymore that speaks truth to power like brother Ek, that brother Shabazz did. You know, at that time. So it's like when you listen to him, you hear that forcefulness that we don't have anymore. That anger. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, why angry? Why angry? Why are you so mad? It's like, because we have the right to be. So we need to start getting anger again. And every time, you know, February rolls around or whatever, and you start to get these Henry Lewis Gates, like, you know, documentaries and shit and here and there and sees different things like use that, let that fuel you for the remainder of the year,
3: because Shit ain't sweet.
2: Right. Mm. It is what it is.
3: You ever notice I uh not to derail, but I feel like there's more and more other events that occur during Black History Month, like all I know we're gonna get into that later, but like All Star Super Bowl and stuff Grammys. that it feels like you the the month kind of flies by with all these events that's going on. Um sorry, that was just a hot take. I ain't really have a,
1: No, I mean it's cool. It's 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 for me, I actually like that it's you know, Oscars, Grammys, All-Star, all those sorts of things kind of in this realm of, of Black of Black History Month because you're going to have the overlay of black history throughout. Right. And then don't let something unfortunate like, say, Kobe's passing happen.
2: Right, or, right,
1: right. and And then it just amplifies it even further. I, I just wish that, um, obviously, it wasn't the shortest month of the year. I understand what Brother uh, Charles... Um,
0: what? what <laughs> I don't know what you're who's doing? the founder of Who's We're the founder We're of, of Black History Month? Carter G. Woodson Carter G.
1: Woodson G. <laughs> what the
5: fuck? Carter
4: G.
0: Woodson <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know the first name. He said. Then he looked at me as if I should have well, known. you, you know? Them? Them? You I looked at you. You want to know why I looked at I you, look, you? You know,
1: know, why I, looked you? You know why I looked at you because it's the it's the library on Ninety Fifth. Carter G. Woodson Library on 95. You should have known it. No, no <laughs> I'm looking at you like, what's the name of the library? I'm literally like looking at you like, Bro, like read my the mind name right now. But I was like, I don't know. Him. But the point is, is that I, I, I'm trying to, I, I would love to know the, the 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 thinking behind February because of, you know, the, the the weather, the shortness of the month, things like that. Well,
0: I mean, it started as a week, right? Yeah, so it, is, Carter, so, yeah, it, it was a week. So why, why in February? And
2: Brands actually Probably. made it into a month, ironically. So it's funny how it started as a week as a, form of educating us or just celebrating our history. But it was a brand um, activation that turned into a month-long thing, you know? Speaking of brands, though, I think it's
0: interesting when I look at Black History Month in comparison to, say, something like like Pride, right? Yeah, yeah. So when I was looking at Pride last year and everything that was happening, I felt like Pride was like, it permeated everything that we saw. Right. It was everywhere from packaging to, like, you know, parades, like, everything. And I was like, wow, like, when did this happen? Like I don't ever really remember it, like, yeah, like being in it was but had a tipping point, right? Like it had a tipping point. Like but well, Black History Month, I've never seen Black History Month represented. Like well, you that. know why?
1: Because we don't have the um, designed mnemonic device like Pride or uh, like uh, excellent point, like breast cancer awareness. Right. Those are symbols, it's yeah, like, we don't have the visual symbol. That well, we literally the- a rainbow can be put on a shirt, like you see when you go into H and M during Pride. Let's not
0: let's not be crazy. You we know, do got the red, black, stole, and green. They stole the rainbow, the rainbow from us from Jesse. That's right. The uh, rainbow yeah. came
2: from black people. around Chicago. Mm-hmm. It came from us, and we got the red, black, and green. But not not a lot of but us actually believe that. in that though. But you right. ain't
5: gonna see that on Ralph
2: though. Uh, Ralph? You saw
5: you saw you saw. Well, I don't know. The pony was was. Well, Big but Blue, this is back to Big us.
2: Blue. Ironically, had a T-shirt that had the um Af- the Pan African colors. Right. So it like ain't this, Ralph, though. It ain't Ralph.
1: This to me is back to us not only claiming our history, our story, but also creating a plan. Right. I feel like LGBTQIA plus they had a plan for not. Right here and what happened in the past. Right. But more so, they're always future thinking. So they're thinking, all right, here's a mnemonic device, the rainbow flag. Now you can put that on anything. And as well, their story is more applicable to everybody. But not really. Hold on, let me finish. Not really. In the sense that I can support LGBTQIA in the same way I can support breast cancer awareness. Right. I don't feel that black history... Everybody feels the same way that, like, I can feel free to rock a—if I'm a white, woke white man in Manhattan, I can rock a Harriet Tubman shirt. Right. Or a Frederick Douglass Mm. shirt or a Malcolm X shirt, particularly. But you think
0: they would rock a Pride shirt? Absolutely. I I don't agree with that. When I— Okay, I've, I've seen. I was, no, I actually agree with because I've seen you see you see people who are not of that culture. Yeah, rocket all
2: day, really. Yeah, yeah. I've they, they call when advocates, at, bro.
1: When I was at Vice working,
0: advocates. They
2: One hundred percent. They hang. They, they
1: advocate. yeah, they're advocates. That's, yeah, advocates. They, ha- they hand out shirts. One hundred percent. Because the name of the, the the shop was Virtue, the virtue of, of pride, and it was rainbow shirt, and we literally all you know paraded down the streets of Dumbo. Rocking our shirts. And I
3: still have that shirt. Well, I, well one thing I was going to say that, too, I think Pride does a good job of having um, some, like, a stamp or something that, like, a big event that lead, that is led up to um, starting from the beginning of the month. And also, there are several Pride events around the world, and then one place is chosen as, like... The global Pride Parade, and I feel like um, Black History Month. We don't have anything that leads up to like the end, the twenty eighth or mm-hmm. something that leads up to the last weekend where it says like, all right, all these uh, events and and things uh, that product uh, that brands have been doing here is like the the end all be all stamp. Uh, and I agree with you, too, in terms of, like,
2: logos I, and all that. I guess for me, bro, like, look, for me, in my household, we celebrate Black History every day. That's number one, right? Mm-hmm. But I do try to make sure that during Black History Month, and I try to do something that's actually a little future forward, right? Something that I feel like I can own, right? Because brands can easily take over story, take over narrative, and, and they're not really always authentic, right? So, yes, you look like pride having a whole lot of activation only because brands did that, right? So the same thing with Black History Month. A lot of times, you know, me coming from Atlanta, you know, we will only hear from the King family during the month of February or when they want to talk about King, right, during January and February, right? But other parts of the year, you will hear anything. So I feel like, you know, Black History Month going forward maybe need to be rethought, right? Is it relevant? I don't know. But I think the way you make it relevant is like, how do we create new history? Because we've been fed the same old narratives since we've been around. Like, I'm 43, right? I think I've heard enough stories about, you know, uh, Rosa Parks. Right, we absolutely. haven't heard the complete stories of Martin Luther King, and you don't even don't even talk about Brother Shabazz and um, right. actually Marcus Garvey and and the countless other oh. like unsung heroes of the Civil Rights Movement. Which, in my opinion, are the lawyers. Nobody right. talks about them. The guys who handled the business. Because let's be honest, Black History Month, Pride, Music History Month. At the end of the day, we in America, this shit is about money. Right. And shit was about position. So if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it, right? Let's really, how do we re- reinvent black history? I think we do it through money. You know, or owning, really owning it, right? Every day.
4: No, yeah, I agree with that. Um, that's what I was thinking, like, as you as you were speaking, right? Like, I feel like Black History Month, so it's kind of like a two-pronged thing, right? So we're dealing with, in comparison to something like Pride, right? So we're dealing with number one, money, right? The people who fuel pride and fuel just that entire movement is like it's, it, it doesn't really um has to do with race or like you know how tall you are or where you live it's just like something that you identify with and you might have someone in your family that is impacted by that so like you just you just like join forces and there's dollars that's being pumped in behind it from a black history standpoint like i don't know if this country was ever designed to care about Black people in their history, anyway, where you can actually put dollars behind it, because if you look at any kind of uh, media agency or marketers, uh, when they do try to have a Black History push, like it always comes off bad, and people are like, damn, like that looks crazy. What like, do you
0: think about the stuff like Nike does, like when they release those Black History Month shoes? Do you think that's pandering, or do you think it's relevant? or What are your thoughts on that?
4: I mean, to some capacity, I think it's relevant. I mean, if you're talking about, like, every day, what Nike means to people of color, um, it's something that's relevant to them, um, as well as, like, you know, they have the influences of the athletes who uh, people do look at for whatever reason. might say, like, you know, you take LeBron. Like, LeBron, you see a young kid, LeBron looks like me. So, you know, I mean, just fueling like adding all that stuff to the pot like i think is relevant i mean personally as long as
3: it's done right personally i'd like to see nike step up a little bit more and do more uh storytelling behind it because i feel like they 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 kind of pander a little bit with a lot of um culturally relevant events where they just slap on like the lgbt uh rainbow onto a sneaker and then release it for pride or for hispanic heritage month they'll they might have a uh, Dominican designer do uh, Air Force One, which they did um, last year. So, like, I would love to see more of like the content and storytelling of maybe they have maybe more like his- like historically unknown Black designers. Maybe they don't have any, but maybe they can kind of highlight them, or maybe they can do something to highlight people in streetwear on on like the sneakers app. They could do something more, I think, to to, to really highlight.
1: I would like, regardless, to be a Nike. Car company, whatever technology firm, I would like that. I would like Black History Month to be the beginning of an ongoing thing. So, like, use Black History Month to highlight a designer, like uh, the brother that does Superheroic or something right. like that, that was a Nike right. designer. But mm. then say, okay, we're gonna do a, a, a drop that's like these new Jordans, right, in partnership with Ghetto Gastro or Josh Kissy or somebody like that, right, a designer and we're going to fund an ongoing program. So it's that- not just a one shot. Exactly, yeah. so it's not just a one shot during the one month of the year, that it's the it's kickoff during the month because now we're in the month, but this is an ongoing program that this time next year will then come back and say, okay, this is how it performed, this is how well it did, and I think that's how you
5: begin to create
1: longer lasting legacies that aren't just about this one month.
5: I, uh, I'm very conflicted because Nike can have 100 black athletes but then they don't have 100 black employees. No, so they do. It, it, I'm, I'm using round numbers. I'm using round, no, I'm using round numbers. They do. But, but, but if you look at the workforce, if you look at the workforce, it's not going to be, no be a 50-50 split. It's not going to be people who are in positions of power and authority. So I think you need to have people who can say yes and make things happen. And unfortunately, oftentimes it's not us, right, or people of color or people who are from different communities and cultures. So I think the best thing you can do for Black History Month is put people in positions to be successful and allow the talent to flourish. And if the talent doesn't flourish, then that's another story.
0: Great. I like that. Let me ask one more Black History Month question uh, specific to you all's offices. So I've been to a couple of different agencies uh, this month, and I've seen Black History Month done. In a few different ways. Um, one place that I was in, it, I thought it was really funny. They had a wall, right? And everybody in the entire agency, I would say 90% is white, right? It might be six black people in there. Um, and then the rest is like maybe Asian or Hispanic, what have you, right? And so I'm looking at this wall, and it probably has like maybe 25 pictures of black people with a little bit of copy underneath who these black people are. And it's just in the hallway. And it's in the hallway between the lunchroom and like the main, um, I guess, pit where everybody sits or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And as I was looking at it, I was thinking like, how many people actually stop to read this? And does anybody care? And hey. then is this wall enough? For the five black people that work here, right, or that the the couple black people who walk in and out of the office, like me, like I was just there visiting for the day. So, uh, I I was wondering, like, what do you all think of like, should offices do something specifically for Black History Month and their employees, whether it be like a physical representation or whether it be like programming, like throughout the month?
2: Like, how about we hire, motherfuckers? How about that? (laughs) Let's talk about motherfuckers hiring us. Hire people. I mean think about it. What's the most empower what's the best way you can empower in a community? Money. Econom Econ- economically. Yeah. Economically, man. Like you know, I've been having this big like conversation with people about the topic of diversity and inclusion. I think we gotta change the we gotta change the name. Yo. It be more about diversity and empowerment.
1: Diversity and employment. That yes. too. But
2: that's empowerment though, right? Because yes. you can include a bunch of Negroes all day, right? By you know, inviting to a party. You know, rub them on the back, give them a bottle of Hennessy. I ain't talking about you, Shell. You know? I ain't talking about you, but I'm just saying, Even right? Even though somebody did get, get free Hennessy right. during, during the agency event. Right. Absolutely. Hey, I was just an anomaly the other day, right? And I did like a, you know, a activation for, you know, Pepper. Um, and, you know, selling some prints or whatever, right? But, again, you know, it's cool. They had a bunch of us, I guess, there. I don't know how many people hired. But I think it goes mm. back to that, man. Like, you know, unless you're hiring people. From the community, and what are we talking about? Once
1: again, man, I just, I just feel like.
2: Or we, do we create our own? Show just, me the stack so I can create my own shit.
1: I just feel like we bullshit. This country bullshits constantly. We bullshit as the oppressed. They bullshit as the oppressors. Well, yeah, that wall you're talking about. Oh, that wall you're talking about is bullshit. It's it's placating. It's 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 you know patronizing and to me it's like let's talk about causality and externality we come from only the position of externality right now which is okay so we're here and let's show the five black employees up at whatever agency fill it in on our you know on our screens which is easy and painless but no let's have the real conversations about slavery jim crow you know, racial profiling, redlining, and all those things. As an ad agency, as a marketing company, and then let's put dollars behind those conversations to affect what we can from our positions. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you are what if you are a, a white, woke white and uh, a, an ally, quote unquote, and you are the CEO, the CMO, the COO, or whatever then I want you to say, okay, not only are on this screen is our five black employees that we're going to be showcasing during the month, but we're also doing the work over here by providing $10,000 scholarships to Johnson C. Smith, Howard University, Hampton, da-da-da, da-da-da, to these folks, and they're going to come up through our system, and as such, we expect in five years that they're going to be in this position. That's how you make change, and that to me is what I don't see, so it's all bullshit to me.
2: But what about... The brown agencies who actually have the chance to do something really unique during Black History Month, i.e., the agency we used to all work at, right? Um, they have the means to actually launch and incubate. No, they? Nah, they got the means. They got access. See, the thing about the means is they may not have the liquid cash themselves, but they have access to money, right? Why is it that these guys don't actually create unique experiences that celebrate the culture and empower the culture too? Cause so they it,
4: don't, that's because they don't have vision. Number one. There you and go. don't plan well.
5: I can say where I work, we are literally one of the most culturally diverse organizations, probably in America and on the planet. The reason yeah. why is because it's good business. And even when we have our agency folks part, and we actually res- resigned a big agency this year because they did not have cultural diversity. They did not reflect our uh, customer. So that's why we let them go. And they were Rolls Royce. So we talking about like $40 million of billing, not including production and media rolls-royce so with that being said i think agencies have to consider what the world looks like as opposed to what you think the world is Mm -hmm. so and and i am not as militant as some of (laughs) as some of my my constituents here but i will say this though inclusion is money green
3: is the most important color in america Absolutely. I think I think it's, I think you you brought up a good point, um, and we can wrap this up. I think it starts with the brands. I think when like I I, I know that there's a brand that my agency pitched, and they said um, they didn't want to hire us because they felt like we didn't have enough um, cultural diversity. And then also, this is an old story, but Beyonce um, allegedly chose to go with Adidas because <coughs> other sneaker brands. She felt weren't uh, culturally diverse or like they just kind of took her name off the design and you could slap anybody on it. So I think it starts with the brands. And once they start demanding it, then um, agencies will start to follow. I do think agencies could start. But I think uh, if you really want to push it and and force them to kind of make the change, I think once brands be like, yo, like, why? Why aren't there enough women? Uh, in this room why aren't there enough people Of color in this room and start demanding it Then it's like it becomes a money thing And then it's like oh shit we gotta hide these people
4: Right so it's a consumerism thing right So like if we stop seeing the flow of the black dollars Then it's like damn now we need to figure out Well how do we talk to them And then that's when you can bring in people Who um, are, Have expertise in Speaking that language right so You know I think they go it, goes, it all goes Hand in hand
0: Yep so you know what uh, since we're still on the subject of Black History Month, I want to like, do what you said, Colfax, and kind of think about some other things that happened this month. There were a lot of things that happened this month outside of the Grammys, Oscars, and all that. One thing I want to talk about is uh, the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl was actually the second day of this month, and um, just want to get like your initial thoughts on the Super Bowl. Why uh, <laughs> are you laughing? Because you already know yeah. what about the Super Bowl. I, mean, Super I didn't Bowl want it. Yeah, So I hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. This is gonna this, let's have a short segment with this because I know somebody here is, is is a big fuck you to the Super Bowl and the National Football League. But uh, any thoughts on one thing? I want to just talk about really just like are the ads that we saw, and then the other thing that I saw is that. Um, The cost of a thirty-second spot is going up exponentially. Five million now, right? And we've had—I think it was five point six, wasn't it? Oh shit! shit. Um, And so you i just think about like with the Super Bowl. Does it even make sense, like, for a brand to really play in that space? Like, I saw a lot of ads where I was like okay that was interesting or some i saw that i was like wow that was dope right yeah. but does it really make sense do you think like especially working on all the different pieces of business that you all have worked on does it make sense to 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 do the production for that spot and to like place that media by like what are your thoughts on it when and if it's necessary
5: my initial reaction and question is are ever is advertising effective that's my initial question. Like, if you see an ad, like, okay, yeah, I need to go take this action to go do this thing, right? Whereas I work in experience and I work on products. So I, I think about it a little differently. But I don't know what the true value or CPM is of an I mean, ad today on the Super Bowl. I don't even – I don't really know. How can we determine it?
3: Nah, I was, I was just going to say I, I don't even know, know if you really – from a Super Bowl ad you're looking for a call to action. I think it's more so um, – I forget the term but I think it's more so like to remind audiences of like their awareness. brand. Yeah, more awareness because like I, I think am
0: advertising professional you don't know awareness. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I, I just make the shit, man. <laughs> you can tell here producer like motherfuckers just, uh, they don't no, care. No, no. They just want to check like,
3: boxes just and shit. just make the shit but, live. But, be but, there but, uh, but, be there at 10. But but one thing I, I would say I think um it's kind of like, a, I would say it's kind of like a notch on your belt. It's like going to the Super Bowl or going to the championship, wait, wait, championship game. Cause like, yeah, you don't need it. But I think as a creative, as a producer, as an agency, it's, it's a good look to be like, yo, we made a Super Bowl ad that's gonna be looked at by millions of people whether they care about it that's another question but yeah, yeah.
4: so essentially it's a dick measuring contest
3: right so like Say that. it is it is right so like it's like that's like asking yo why why
4: even do out of home on Times square like you don't have to do it but like people go to Times square to see coca-cola and all this shit and I own you don't, it. now and and so you asked is advertising effective and it's like almost you need stake in the game right so like Here we are, you know, as podcasters, right? We might not advertise as much as other podcasters, so these guys, but we might be nicer than them. We could be better than them, right? We, like, we're all professionals come from different walks of life, and our experiences are different, but they just have dollars that's pumping their bullshit as content out there, and people are reacting to it. So, in that regard, I would say advertising is effective. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, like, I just think, that like, yeah, I'm going to put I'm going to put five point six million dollars behind the Super Bowl ad. And then I'm going to put additional media that rolls that continues to roll throughout the end of the year or through the first half or first quarter. Let me jump into all star game just because I paid so much for this for for me to produce this actual spot.
2: Well, I mean, look, um, if you're going to ask going back to the question you asked, is it still affecting which ad I like? Well, I would say that it. It's effective if you think it is, right? If that's what you value, I think it is effective because you got regular people saying they're watching the Super Bowl for two things, for the team and for the ads. Mm. When you got non advertising people mm. so they watch the Super Bowl for obviously the game and ads, then I think it may be still relevant to a certain degree from a business standpoint. Now, I ask anybody at this table which ad it they like, probably a harder thing. Now, I do the ad that I kind of, you know, remember is the one with Cheetos and, you know, MC Hammer. Well, can Tut's, yeah. touch this, right? I thought that's I was good. good. Mind that's you, good. I would never go buy a bag of Cheetos cause I just don't eat that shit. I'm just tired of niggas dancing and smiling and all that <laughs> shit, man. Like <laughs> well, see, that's my face, point like, though. That that, see, ad? Let's just get no. to that point. Can Worse.
0: niggas stop dancing and smiling and grinning? No. Popeyes. Oh. I'm so oh. fucking
1: tired of niggas singing for chicken. <laughs> Literally singing for chicken, bro.
2: Yo, I love And this I'm one. just
1: I'm just so <laughs> fucking tired of this goddamn chicken sandwich. <laughs> But they have a commercial. They got a commercial. Where a nigga walks in the door. Yeah. With a bag of fucking Popeyes and he starts singing to it. Yeah. And then the other commercial about the goddamn sandwich where it's like you see a multiplicity of people. Yeah. But the two niggas in there are talking to the sandwich. Ooh, you looking so right today. And oh my God, I got this fucking sandwich. Nigga. That's what I'm talking about. It's causality and externality. We got to understand why we are here. Yeah. And they got to pay for it. And we got to stop supporting that shit in every single way possible. Those actors that took that role? Yeah. No, wrong on you, nigga. I understand. That's probably a five dollars to $7,500 gig. I get it. And if you got bought out, I get it. That's even more. You could tell that story. But the point is, is that we got to at some point, Collectively be like, yo, I ain't singing no chicken, no bag of fried chicken. Crispy no, chicken. Fresh that. lettuce. Yeah, it's funny because it's Mary funny J? you say
2: that, right? cause I, I remember working at Global. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, chicken, and that, that shit lettuce. got mean to no end. Camilo X did a dope remix of that shit. Sorry. <laughs> but that, that remix was a motherfucker. But anyway, uh <laughs> Yo And I, that was one of my Creative democracy decks You know right. Check this shit out uh, you know, yes, Online But anyway uh, To your point uh, um cold facts That uh, I remember working at uh, Global U A long time ago Yeah I can say that I don't give a fuck They ain't around anymore And they stopped paying motherfuckers And they stop paying, they they stop paying too. people Suck my dick Whatever Um <laughs> That's a- Yo, this is, yo, man, that's, look this ad bros. A soft that. talk. That's the no. Hennessy, man. Yeah. That's the to it's, it's yeah, I'm on orange juice. juice nigga. Oh, that's yeah, me every day. orange juice. <laughs> oh, orange juice oh, not I got a little drunk hint, yet. But anyway, yo, so. I was trying to give you an out. I got to admit, though, <laughs> I got to give uh, Don Coleman, like, props, though, um, when I was there because he did have this manifesto uh, that we would never produce um, any type of advertising that had us singing and dancing. Now I gotta give them that, right? Cause we didn't produce at the time when I was there. Uh, any type of advertising that kinda made us look like clowns, coons, buffoons, whatever, right? So, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, does everybody have that same sentiment? No. And it's sad to say that because everybody has different issues and different goals. Like, you know, motherfucker getting $5,000 for a shoot Five thousand dollars in a certain town, man, you can buy a lot of chicken and Hennessy. Or you or, can. I mean that Or even
0: if you in LA, if you a struggling actor yeah. or whatever and, and you ain't up your and you ain't had a, 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 a decent payday, you in gonna two, do three it three months. It's rent due, motherfucker. But it's
1: always money. That's the thing. It always comes back to money. It always... The a society. The truck card that white people will always have on everyone else... It's the money. ...is the fact that they print the money.
2: Well, they control it now. They control it. They control it. Because it's print digital print now. And
1: they print it. So it's always... You know, when people are like, I was just doing my job. Doesn't matter if you were just right. doing your job That's killing mad motherfuckers in the Middle East or just doing Stop your job leaving. doing whatever over here. You were just doing your job. Why? Because our religion in this country is not God... It's capitalism. It's dollar. It's that. That's why. Back to the 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 original uh, question about why fuck the NFL because it's niggas running around killing themselves for a for for dollars. I'm good with Cap. Actually, I appreciate the stance he took, and I think that even kind of what Jay said. It's like, all right, what's next? But the fact is, is that what we're not talking about is having played football. Yeah. And gotten fucked up as a free safety and been knocked out on the field, you know, and and coaching not knowing is that you literally are running around for a check, killing yourself, you know, and that to me is yet again why we need to look at where we started, where we are, and how we get to some sort of balance and equality in this country, or we need to be out.
5: That's a great point. I, I will say this: I am an unabashed American capitalist. I believe in making my money <laughs> unabashed, and I don't have a problem with NFL players going and making the most amount of money they can. You taking a concussion uh, for forty million? Yeah, <laughs> a bunch of them. Give me some CTE tomorrow. My Drink with some CTE. So oh, you get that tomorrow? That so I'll, I'll say. this But
1: Do you
0: even know if you have CTE? Oh, you'll know. you'll, I mean, know. I, I, I when you'll when know. When you can't move yeah.
1: your fucking arms and legs yeah. and you're just walking around I've, in your head and your body slowly shutting down to the point where you're lost. So you know and it. And I've, yeah, I've probably
5: know. had six or seven concussions in my previous career. So, yeah, I know about concussions. Okay. But but with all that being said, my point is this. Why I don't fuck with the NFL is because it is inauthentic it is a liar. So you're not going to allow someone to play football because they take a political stand, but you let wife beaters, yeah. drug dealers, drug users,
0: well, quitter, murderers.
5: Um, hello, <clears throat> Ray Lewis killed a person and came back to play. Did you all and see he's this? Com-
2: he's a commentator. Did you all see the
5: breakfast? He's a commentator. It's, it's, it's hypocrisy. That's my, the, that's my stand.
2: But did you see the Breakfast Club interview about what T.O. was on the Breakfast Club, and he gave an explanation about why... Somebody can get counsel uh from the NFL. And he said it doesn't even matter like your political stance. He said the mere fact if you don't fit a certain optic, whatever that may be, you gone. A winner. I think if well, like, I mean I think the And optics, if you're not winning, he said it. If you are not winning yeah. If Cap
3: was winning, I think it'd be a little bit of a different story. My fault.
5: I mean the homie went to the Super Bowl though, bro. Came up just short. Yeah, but
3: a lot not of people when, been not, to the Super, Super Bowl was, and not, lost, bro. Not, yeah, not when he was kneeling, he was a lot lost. of people went to the Super Bowl and lost, so talk? that that don't matter.
2: For me, we don't own the shit anyway, so I don't give a fuck two ways or other, be he honest. Not, he with he you. I don't that, own man. the Super Bowl, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. I don't care about none of those organizations.
1: It, but but my thing is we control the product. If if all if all brothers yeah. like Jim Brown was the best lacrosse player, bar none yeah. in the history of the fucking sport. Yeah. If all of us decided we're gonna go take those same football players and wanna play lacrosse, then guess what? The lacrosse football the lacrosse league of america becomes the biggest shit we are the talent True. we are the product we control it if we can start to think that way then we can control the
2: dollar but what controls things Well, I think about this right you know what's the one thing that unites any group of people around a control system and that would be adversity if you think about like you know the one reason why most people that are like you know of like spanish speaking dialect or language are like actually still kind of thick with each other well, one language and two culture. They got the same issues. The country don't want them here, right? The Irish came here because, yeah, they wanted new opportunities. The country didn't want them here either, and they just took over the fire department and the police department, right? Um, same thing with the like, man, The country don't want him either. You cannot say, I can yeah. say what the fuck I want on this podcast. <laughs> I can say what I want. You can bleep that bitch out. <laughs> here you say, hey, in my house shit <laughs> <laughs> but you know anybody from like let me be honest look guy who owns all the little corner stores Laundry country didn't want them here right Laundry I mean Chinatown was mean. created with the intent that the country did not want people of Chinese descent to be here and they created these towns all over the city all over the country right so I just think if you're talking about uniting black people we gotta figure out what our real adversities is right what's our real issues besides the fact that racism is that because a lot of times a lot of us don't even agree on that a lot of us want us to even stop talking about racism yeah so i just feel like until something big like old school racism like in your face tanks showing up your at your door dogs being sicked on you until that type of shit really show up again i don't know it's hard to get black people to really be on the same page because back then we always, was regardless if you were muslim you was christian or you was part of the panthers or you was part of SELC, or SNCC, or any of those groups the ooo the, the oaau or whatever we all had the same common kind of enemy and that was you know the government white uh supremacy it was in your face it's kind of not in your face as much now it's easy to be black in atlanta it's easy to be black here
0: so so i, th- I think we kind of deviated and went to the cap conversation that we we sparked in here a couple different times um just on the subject of, of still things that happened this month in sports, let, let's talk about All Star real quick. All Star was in uh, my host city or my home city. Your home city too, Colfax, yeah. Chicago for the first time since 1988. Uh, did anybody watch the All Star game? It was yeah. a new format this year. What were was your great. thoughts it was, on it? It was great. Great. It was very competitive. Great. I love that
5: the fourth quarter, on. man. That fourth quarter, everybody was really trying to win that game. Yeah, like taking charges. Arguing foul calls, strategizing free throws, we're gonna take it off the backboard? Fantastic.
2: Most all-star games are like just a shootout. No defense. It's just it's like a double dribble game or some shit.
1: From my position, the NBA is the greatest single entertainment product in the world right now. You could argue European football potentially, but for me, coming from a city where my team has been shit since at least 2012
2: Yeah, your team won 6 rings. In the 90s, 90s. nigga, that was My 30 ain't years ago. team won shit.
5: Hey, that's whole kids that was born, going My
1: to college, team ain't won. Shit. They ain't they never, seen never seen it. it. But y'all
2: yeah. niggas got it. My team won shit. And I'm sorry for you, but God the fact Damn. is,
1: <laughs> our niggas be complaining when he won is that right now Winner we got the you. worst franchise yeah. in the in the in the in the league. Next to New York Knicks, which is I'm so happy Y'all they had exist. the greatest player that ever At, played the a, game. As a, as a
0: Chicagoan, I'm actually gonna agree with with you, Ad. Um, I, I, I think the direction that you're going, I, I hear him. you. Let me finish. But, uh, all right, go ahead. So finish. my
1: point was that
0: this is a
3: weekly thing.
1: I believe that they increased <laughs> that property even further in the rethinking and the uh, nimbleness that they have been in or been on since. The tragedy of Kobe and Gianna Bryant, and they included that. But and, even and how others and others, others who were there, and I hate yes. to even describe them as the others. But and but the seven people, other the families that were affected there. and yes. lost theirs. Yes. But the point is that they included that and made the product even better. Looking at the All Star Game from you know being at four different or three different games within one game, and then the last quarter having to meet that that uh, th- cross that threshold, which alleviated the time. Where they just running out the clock, so now it becomes like a pickup game, you know, on 63rd and Hayes or at Avalon Park, you know, where I'm from, where it's or like at the oh, Rucker okay. in or New at York or the Rucker, whatever. Y'all got clocks at the Rucker because y'all are fucking just not. just but nobody, nobody plays pickup at the Rucker. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> the point is, is that the
5: players playing.
1: Yeah, the point is, is that it, it felt more like a more like a a game that we all participate in versus their game, and that was what made it more entertaining to me. And I hope that they keep that. And I thought that that was well done, but I also thought that all of the other entertainment around it, I thought Common represented so well for-, for His for, intro was dope. For us as black men from the south side of Chicago, but really just generally, I thought that was dope. Chance, you know, we talked about that in in regard to just like, you know, Rose and I talked about like, what's Chance's position in Chicago and all that stuff. And I love Chance as a young black man. Um, you know, I'll, I'll withhold thoughts on like his- yeah. Rhyme style and all that shit But I thought he did alright You know for the concert I thought it was overall I thought it was well done I thought All Star was really well done
4: Um, I thought it was good Like I, I like the idea Of it being competitive In the fourth quarter Um, I think you know All Star Weekend Is like one of those things That's like I guess like growing up as a kid It meant more to me But I think Now like I've gotten older And just like the lack of competitiveness And everybody want to be friends Like it's just one of those things Like I start to care less about Because like you know, no one. I think it also threw me off when they started to do the whole team, LeBron, whole team, Giannis. Like yeah. that. Yeah, was like, yeah, yeah I'm that, actually that not a up. fan yeah, of yeah, that either. That, no, that, but I, that, I like the calls though. I, I'm no, I, I, I get it.
0: I, I like it to be East versus West. Well, yeah, right. Like the the the,
4: the, East, the East don't have enough stars. But that's though. not that's not that's whose fault is that? Right. Like, you know, like the, I mean, he has yeah. to figure that. you.
0: So I, no, I was just gonna say like I I just think that like having players pick. Players like pick their boys to play with them or whatever. Like I, I get what they're doing, like I making it kind of lady. like playgroundish or whatever. That's cool, but the East-West format to me, it, it was less confusing. Yeah, right. Like yeah. as a consumer, like well, you don't want,
5: right. you don't like to see players play against each other We're on the same team. Like I would well, love to see. To me, I would love to see a Ben Simmons dunk on Joel Embiid. It diminishes. It diminishes.
1: It, it 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 diminishes the the foundation to me. Of, of 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 why you root for these these teams and the loyalty you have, you know, like I, mean, I don't want to be That's on some East versus West shit, you know. But the fact is, is that there's there's a level of like loyalty I killed over East versus West, for sure. Shit, yeah. And there's a level of loyalty that I'm kind of like I don't have any longer. And I think to your point, thousand about like the NBA kind of being boring now and things like
0: that. I don't agree with that. It, it just makes the the format now. I feel like makes it even more player centric than it already is. Exactly. Exactly. And that was my point is that you're no longer
1: like, all right, you, you definitely no longer have like a team that you wait. You wake up every season and come into the season with knowing that it's going to be Jordan, Pippen, Grant, Paxson, right. you know, yeah. whatever. And then some other cats. The last team that's done that was like the Warriors, you know, where they just knew that was going to be their team. Now everybody's mixed around. So I still don't know who's on like the Lakers besides obviously A.D., LeBron. Um, and, and, and 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 a couple Cougs. other cats. But the fact is, like, there are cats on teams where I'm like, oh, shit, he plays for Memphis now? And so, like, the, let me just conclude quickly, is that the loyalty is now diminished. So when you take away East from West, now it's kind of like you really don't have the ability to, like, as a fan, which is 99.9% of all of us, sink your teeth into something and be like, that's who I'm rooting for. Now it's just like, alright, where's my guy at? Oh,
5: uh, okay, he's on LeBron's
2: team. Yeah, and you and to your
5: point, you had like a top five guy, go have an MVP performance season, win a championship, and then just dip. Exactly. That's, and wow, that's the new NBA. Heard, that's the, heard heard the heard. new Best NBA.
1: That's gangster. Right. So like, you guys. can't now, if you're a kid in Toronto, you know, let's say you're you know, young ass Drake, 12 years old or whatever, you know, and I always tell the story every time we do this podcast damn near about how Jordan, you know, shit, even in the Kobe Memorial, I teared up more watching Jordan come up on that stage than anybody else because that's my fucking hero. He that's, my, that's my hero. You know what I mean? I remember right. walking into the gym off 83rd at Avalon Park and him being inside of that hot-ass gym. You know, so people always be like, yo, Jordan didn't do shit. No, he did a lot. He did a lot for kids growing up at a certain time on the south side of Chicago. But the point is is that do kids have the relationships with these players anymore? You know what I'm saying? Do they have the ability to like have a poster on their wall and him being that jersey? You know, because like right now, it breaks my heart to look at D Rose in a Pistons jersey. Son, they just follow you know? him on so Your nemesis, yeah, exactly.
2: Son, they just me. follow him on social as opposed to like you know throwing and a that's poster on the wall. to me. Perfect.
0: So, so let me ask another question about All stars So, a lot of people. I remember, like, I was watching All-Star, like, the days before All-Star. All of the, like, ESPN folks were like, oh, it's so cold in Chicago. It's going to be this, blah, blah, blah. Do you think that, like, the weather in Chicago has something to do with it not being in Chicago since 88? No, no, no it was the owner, bro. Yeah, Ryan's it, it, it,
5: it was the owner. The owner had turned it down. For over 20 okay. years. Yeah. He's like, really? you don't make yeah. any money off of it. Yeah, they don't make money. You, you lose money that's, on all That's, the, that's gotcha. the NBA makes the money. The mm. team in the yeah, arena you lose design. money
1: on all star It's kind of like cities when they have the Olympics. Yeah. You end up losing money on it. Right. And, you know, Reinsdorf being the worst owner in the league next to arguably Dolan. Um, they're top two. Yeah, they're definitely top two. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't, I, it I, honestly, depends on the day. Honestly, honestly I think that like Reinsdorf is racist, whereas I don't really it. believe Dolan right, is right, I think right. Dolan's just a rich kid. Right. Whereas I think Reinsdorf is literally on some like old white man that owns black men type shit. Yeah, I, I would should, agree. You know, and he treats the White Sox in the same way. So it's just like, and he's more concerned with the White Sox. He literally said he would trade in all of those six championships that you lost for that one White Sox ring that Jesus we got in 05. Wow. Um, wow. He trolling out. Yeah, you know, so we're just waiting on him to die, honestly. Right. So Damn, he, oh, you got to get Paxton up out of it up under there, too. Well, that'll, well, that's if his he boy, dies, then so that's all that's of us. That's a whole thing. Yeah, he goes. All of them go.
0: So, damn. But that's all why right. we never had it. But what do you all think about All Star being in in cold cities one,
3: and then two being a non NBA city?
5: They don't play outside though. Like they're not outside.
1: But the well, one thing, but, but do, the
3: vibe is. But different. I think right? it becomes a thing when you when you talk about outside of the NBA like events and and other brands right. trying to do something in the city. It, it's not difficult, but it's a. It's, I think it's a little bit difficult to move and do stuff. Because um, when they had it in New York, it was like. It was break that year, and it was, it was. Like, it was yeah. It was kind of hard to go the to an NHL an game. <laughs> cool. the NHL
5: every year. Doesn't outside but game. I remember the
3: NHL is on ice. Outside game,
5: but that's what I'm saying. Like, but it, but it, I don't it,
0: think there. I don't think there's the. I don't think there's brand or fan experiences around that for hockey players. The, the same way that it is for like the NFL for yeah. the Super Bowl or the NBA with All Star. I think I'm, I'm I think they're hockey, different.
5: I'm not a hockey guy, but what I'm saying is that they embrace the spirit of the game and they go outside. In the cold, Boston, New York, Chicago. So I don't understand why we would say it's too cold to have. I remember being in
2: Atlanta when I first started dating Nicole like 17 years ago, like NBA All Stars weekend. And I swear, like every motherfucker had on a fur. And, you know, Atlanta don't get super cold like that, right? But it was just, like, it became real stomach on that weekend, right? All the strip clubs was, like, packed up. The price
3: of everything is Everything up. went
2: up, man. It was like, you had a bunch of parties being thrown that wasn't really attached to, like, real official NBA stars. Like, I think Chris Webber and Tara Banks were throwing a party at Lenox Square nice. at a restaurant, like, some babby-ass <laughs> restaurant that regular people go to. And they didn't even show up to it, right? So it was kind of like... You know, people were just getting their hustle on. I know that year. So. I think that happens at All-Star every year. I think though. so, and, right? and that's that's the part of All-Star that yeah. I love, though. Like, yeah. I, I love that. The city get their grind on, yeah, right? Yeah, I
0: like that. Well, you know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I feel like
0: All-Star is like a, a black holiday in a way. I <laughs> agree. I agree. It's I like agree. a black, Absolutely. It's a black Absolutely. experience. Yeah. During Black History Month, right? It is. A lot of money to be made, though. All right, so one last thing on the on, on this month uh, before, so we could wrap this uh, up. Also, we know that uh, Kobe, like you said, unfortunately passed uh, within the last month. What did you all think of uh, the respective tributes, uh, his legacy? You know, we had the whole Gail versus Snoop thing that happened. We've seen a lot of brothers get tattoos of uh, Kobe paying Thank homage you, to, to him on their bodies. Like, I really just want to, like, get collective thoughts on all of that.
3: I mean, honestly, um, I know we joked about a lot in the chat about tats, but I think I am i don't think any of us can talk about what Kobe personally has been to that person. So, like, honestly, anybody who got a Kobe tat, like, shouts to you. I wouldn't do it, but, like, I think uh, I, I respect it. But I think I think uh, you
0: respect a man getting a tattoo of another man on him that he'll know.
3: I don't know if I don't if he don't know him personally. Hey,
2: you would say that to Mike Tyson. I don't know. He got I don't. Mouth it, on It's his a arm. lot of
3: shit. I won't say to Mike Tyson. Bro. <laughs> 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 That's a fact.
2: I, I don't even
0: know the relevance of that. Like, well, yeah, he got no. another man de- on his arm. I'm not <laughs> fucking with Mike, bro. He's an outlier. You don't. You don't. You don't talk to him. You don't look at him in his face, bro. Unless he <laughs> says <saving true>. <laughs> Because at 55, he'll kill you. He still kill you. Yeah. One hit. Yeah, yeah. kill you. Did. No, but I'm sorry.
3: Nah, nah
2: it's funny. No, honest, honestly, I don't know what Kobe has done for them. I know for me as a father, man, like, you know, Kobe's passing was like, it touched me from that perspective because, you know, the guy got like four kids and he was with his daughter when he passed, unfortunately. But, um, you know, it just speaks to like, you know, a guy like him, it's in his impact off the court as a, a stand-up dude who was obviously doing a lot with the WNBA. He was doing things with the Mamba League, the young ladies, like, he really was putting, like, his talent into, like, the next generation of athletes and just overall the game, right? So I think a guy like that, um, you know, like, his passing, it did touch me in that manner, man. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of dumb motherfuckers out here that we cry about all the time who don't do shit. But in the case of him, man, you know, I really believe that, um, you know, that was a loss to the culture. But at the same time, he'll live on forever because you can't take away what he's done period right you can't take that away yeah from him. right even if the media and you know uh, i didn't want to talk about the gail thing because that's whatever but you know you can try to take down this man's legacy but you know one little small blip can't take down all the shit he's done so for me you know i think the guy is uh well to be he's well deserved to be respected and, and honored you know what i mean absolutely exactly yeah it deeply affected
1: me i mean it's just you know he was, a, he was our shining fucking prince. You know what I'm saying? The dude came from a basketball legacy. We saw him grow yeah. up. I remember literally the first time I saw him play basketball in high school. And then, you know, he goes off to prom with, with, with Brandy and then all the way through the championships, through the Oscar, through being a, you know, girl dad, hashtag. And he was our shining prince in the black community. Obviously, you know, he was flawed. And, you know, and I'm not even talking cool. about, like, the case that was proven it, he was exonerated from right. I'm talking about little shit like Kobe tell me how my ass tastes you know like <laughs> tricking on Shaq stuff <laughs> like yeah, that yeah. like that's to me, me where my- where it was perfectly flawed <laughs> i mean he lived a he lived a perfect <laughs> Like yeah, I, up damn. and down life, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like some days you on Kobe's team, other days, days you I like, yo, you fucking, you fucking narked on Shaq, my guy. Yeah. You know how that go? You yeah. really gonna nark on your bro? But he okay, a street you guy know. Though. So like, that's why I loved him, and that's why I feel like, yeah, he was fully worthy of everything, he might have got from your and hood, so man. Yeah, he was just but a he regular wasn't a street cat, guy, though. You know? He wasn't a street guy.
0: He a hoop. a street guy. You, you know what I loved about Kobe is that. uh I, I feel like I grew up with Kobe, yeah, right? exactly. Like, so Kobe, we were in high school relatively the same time. Um, and, like, I basically saw his life from 20 or from 17 to now, yeah. right? So, like, and he's one of those few characters, at least I feel like in my life, where you you really saw, like, like, he was on TV so much. Yeah. And, like, you knew, like, you know, his backstory. Like, it was like you knew him, but you didn't know him, right? right? Um, so... To see, like, you know, like you said, like he had those highs and lows of being like, you know, this prodigy to being arrogant, to being like a hero, to being a villain, you know, like all of that together. Then you saw him win and you saw him lose, right? Mm -hmm. All of that together, I thought was like amazing. And I thought that the tributes that they were done for him, I I thought were, were really great.
1: All right. I'm sorry. You sure? Because I was gonna say like it's little things like the fact that we all have opinions on his movements. I remember when he first got with uh with uh with Vanessa. With, with Vanessa, and I was like, really, y'all met at a video shoot, and you gonna wife? I remember when his father wasn't speaking to him because he wife Vanessa, and we all have, we all literally, like you said, have grown up with mm-hmm. him and have seen him through, and then it's like. After he years. bought the big-ass purple ring, after he you know got caught out there, it was like, all right, this dude really is down for her. Okay, so cool. That's real love. And then to hear her be like, yo, I was his only girlfriend ever. She, he was my only man ever. Like, that shit is so real, son. And I'm just kind of like, that to me is why it was like, it was almost a story. When they tell the documentary or the movie of of, of his life, it's going to be crazy.
4: Did
2: Spike yeah. already do something? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, I guess for me, um, just thinking about Kobe, like he was just one of those guys that like miss maxed out on everything. So by the time he retired, like, you know, there was never really a conversation of him coming back. Like he did everything that he needed to do. And I think that's one of the things I guess for me that you know, I took from his, his, uh, mama mentality, whatever you want to call it, like, kind of like DNA, like, you know, just do the best you can. Um, and then like, when your time is up, your time is up. But like, I think um, Tracy McGrady said like he wanted to die young. Like they probably were, like talking, but they were like yeah. really young when they said it. But I mean, like him dying young, it's like damn, bro. Like basically half his life was in the NBA. We know him. Yeah, half That's his life literally. was in the NBA. Well, literally, damn. pretty like, much. Yeah. You're right. So so, and then you know him pivoting away after retirement. and dead- in a fucking Oscar. Won an Oscar, bro. How do you win an Oscar like the year after you retire? That's crazy. Piv- you, yeah. Pivoting away. From retirement, winning the Oscar, then dedicating his life to kids. I mean, yo, like, I don't know, man. That 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 that's that's it's super commendable. It's, yeah, it's, it's I, like, like I don't know yeah. him, and you know me, um, uh, Tony. You know me. I don't really like people I don't know. Blah 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 yeah, blah blah. Yeah, yeah, like, but you. it's just one of those things. It's like, damn, it's commendable.
0: So uh, I'm gonna wrap it up, but I want to actually address something like the little negative piece of it. A lot of a lot of folks like uh journalists and uh writers and whatnot, they brought up the negative aspect of um Kobe's legacy, right? And that mm-hmm. that, that had a little bit of traction and conversation over the last few weeks. There was a specific thing with Gail and Snoop. We all saw that. We saw, Gail you King. know Yeah, Gail King, I'm sorry. Yeah. We saw her interview. Uh we heard her apology for her conversation with Lisa Leslie. We saw Snoop get on um the
2: stories, right?
0: He got on his Insta story and said his thing, and then he went back and apologized on Red Table Talk. What are, like, you all's thoughts? Real quick, before we wrap this up, um, what are you all's thoughts on that whole Kobe's legacy, the Gail versus the journalist bringing that up? What are your thoughts?
5: Honestly, I try not to say things I have to apologize for later. I really avoid that. And I think what Gail did was her job, but it wasn't in
2: good taste. I mean, for me, man, um, I don't care about either Gail or Snoop on that end because the motherfuckers got more money than me. Absolutely. And, you know, they're going to say what they're going to say, and he's going to do some shit, and she going to feel a certain way. But what I just think the bigger issue for me, bro, um, it wasn't really so much what she said, which I thought was fucked up, and even how he responded to it. It's how, like, the rest of the media came to protect Gail. But it's like, Gail, you didn't lose your fucking husband and your daughter like in a helicopter crash. You're going to get over this. You got your life, bitch. You got your life. This nigga died in a fucking helicopter, right? Now keep that. Now, dead ass. It's kind of like, yo, here we are trying to protect people who don't need no protection. She got an $11 million check a year. Fuck you protecting her ass. I'm that's sorry. How I mean, but that's... I'm sorry. And even with Snoop, it's like, okay, Snoop didn't have to say that shit. Well, who am I as a grown man to tell another grown man what he should or should not say? We live in a country where it's it's freedom of speech. Now, I wouldn't say that, but at the same time, Snoop a grown ass fucking man. Now, he said that shit, motherfuckers talk like that back in the days. It just, unfortunately, it's gonna fuck up his bag because he talked shit on Instagram, he gotta walk back what he said, and he said some shit. Now, for me, just going forward, I just think overall, bro, you know, when it comes down to like protecting our legacy, I just feel like we ought to know better and do better. And Gail knew better; she should have did better.
4: I think. I think. um, You know, we're just in this era right now of just like clout chasing. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that's what Gail tried to like. She tried to relive that R. Kelly moment yeah. because she was in contractual negotiations at the time, and that brought so many views like that. R. Kelly going crazy, like you, you, you're killing me, or whatever the hell he was talking about. Well, he's stupid, like, like man, right. Man, so, that is goofy. so I think he goofy, fuck. I, I honestly think that she tried to relive that moment a bit, just shit. going down that 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 uh, um, that pathway with Lisa Leslie, who. In a classy manner and fashion, said like we're not gonna go there. Yeah, like you had 17 she years, she was a champ, man. Or X amount champ. of years to actually ask. She was those a questions. champ. She I was a absolutely
0: love the way that, that Lisa be... disarmed that whole thing. One hundred. She, like, we... she was like, we're not, we're not. So, gonna do that. so we had yeah, 21
4: years or whatever X amount of time to ask these questions, and now we're talking about this is crazy. Um, and then you know, I just think that with Snoop, um, you know, it's just, it's. I just feel like we've pivoted away from what this whole thing was about. Right, so now it's, it goes from Gail. She's, acting, she's asking the questions that people didn't like it. And now Snoop reacts. Now he's, sit, he's sitting at the table with Jada Pinkett, yeah. her daughter, her mom. And it's like, I now you're taking power. Shit. So it, it had nothing to do with Kobe.
1: I mean, can, no. I, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I like broaden it a bit? Broaden it, it, to me, comes from a different place. I Having worked with Snoop and really respect Snoop as a black man myself... Snoop has lived the life of every black man at this table. literally at this well, table and on, on the street whack, that you're going to see. Yeah. But his rap's a man whack. He though. has been, come he's on, whack. son. He's one of the top I, 20 that, MCs. We digress. So, we digress. The digressing. point is, is that I really, I was disappointed that is, that this Snoop, whack. that we now, this, 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 this businessman Snoop and all this shit, he kind of like fell back a ways and he took the bait. That was my first thing. But I understand why. If you go back to, if you, because you can't, you can't have Gail without Oprah, right? Oh yeah. So you you know they come as this like kind of yeah, like package. package, this connection, right? Because yeah, only sure. Gail's only put on because of Oprah. And if you look at their track record of of how they treat and approach black men, mm-hmm. literally from decades ago mm. you do, you know what i'm saying like i understand why 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 snooping i don't know if he was thinking on this level but why he reacted in the manner with which he did from oprah first being the one to dog whistle about black men being um predators bro predators in the closet like as gay you know gay or whatever like down like low. down low which to me was like, okay, that just means you're a gay man that's not out the closet yet, which is all gay men yeah. until they right. say I'm gay and in so, the world. Exactly so but we get the we get the down low shit, so that makes mm. us more nefarious. If you look at Oprah and Gail, how even Damn, when they that's talk deep. to fuck I didn't
0: even think about it like that. Yeah, yeah, bro. Deep, bro. yeah.
1: When they when they you know, the way they approach all these things all the way through R. Kelly, all the way up until the Lisa Leslie interview, it's always that. So I understand where he came from, yeah. but at the same time he he shouldn't have taken the bait, yeah. straight up and down. You got Listen, too much man. to lose right now, Snoop. Yeah, bro. Listen, you man, know, to
5: be to be overly controversial in this climate is wrong. You're wrong for that. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. Don't fall for the shit. You know, look, and, yeah, and, 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 and yeah. I'll, I'll say one thing. So I think about well, you who's, got an whose who's ascension from hip hop to pop culture: Snoop, Will Smith, Jay Z, Queen Latifah, Jay. Exactly. So why you gonna fuck up the bag?
4: Exactly. So we're saying he was compromised. Uh,
5: that's a When he yeah, compromised himself. He compromised himself. He didn't have to say
4: anything at all. No he, no, he didn't have to say anything, but now he said it. So now you're going to stand. Now you got to go apologize. But, but you
0: know what, though? What, yeah. So initially I thought that until I actually watched the whole little red table shit. I, I thought about it in this context, right? Like you all know me, right? And you know I pretty much say whatever the fuck I want to say, right, at any given moment. And I'm thinking about it like if, if somebody attacked one of my friends, right? Like one of you all, mm-hmm. one of my frat brothers or whatever, and they attacked them in, like th- in, in a, a similar or different way or whatever, especially right? After my, especially after death. Especially after death. My initial thought may be very similar to Snoop's, right? Right. My only problem with Snoop in this whole thing is why are we getting on IG and doing this shit? Yeah. that's a why, lot of steps. Why, are, why are we at at the, at the point now of our of our lives why do we have to get on on these these platforms that, that are not own. even owned by you that are not even owned by you or anybody that look like you why do you have to get on here and give this content away
2: yeah.
0: of, of of you you know cursing out disrespecting a black woman you are not representing your best self in that same light like you could have said a lot of things that tore her up wow. without even cursing but you yeah. you hopped on there and you went very street. I get it. We all, everybody in here is from the street. We all get it. Very right? emotional. But I'm just saying like, like it just wasn't necessary. But then the second part of that, I think, you know, the fact that he said he had the conversation with his mom. I think every black man in here, for the most part, you know, you can have a relationship with your mom. I know I do. Mm. My mom is actually the only person who can make me feel like shame. Like, my mom mm, right now, my mom, if my mom called me and was like, Darius, I'm ashamed of you, or Darius, like, that was whack or whatever, it would make me feel the way. No wife, no girlfriend, no other person could make me feel that way, but my mom could. That's so, right. I understood from that, from that vantage point, I understood that. So, so his
4: mother there. didn't shame him for, like, his career and the way he ran around and pimping chicks and I'm like, come on, stop it. Not that, come on. This man. my shit, man. I wouldn't smoke to it. my mother. I love Rosé, man. Yeah. I love Rosé, man. that part, that part to me was the corniest shit, <laughs> corniest, that shit is corny, B. Like, yeah, oh there, yeah, bro. now my mother, I'm I'm 50 years old. Snoop Dogg is 50 years old, bro. He's a grown
2: come man. On,
5: stop it. I'll just say one final thing. My honorable <laughs> brother taught me a very valuable lesson when I was a very young person. Who? Dude, you, I'm talking about you, brother.
3: Oh, <laughs> like, okay. Listen, he's like, who?
0: <laughs> we, in,
5: in public, we do not disarm black people. No, nah, I don't talk do it. Absolutely. I agree, okay, okay, but I can do be, not talk down I, about black people I, in public. We say whatever we got to so, say. So can here, I make I one sense. last point?
1: I would not right, do that. Yeah, this is
0: the last point, and then we got to wrap this episode up. I'll
1: try to be quickly. Black men don't have a corner.
2: Oh, a platform.
1: Black women have a corner. Gay, gay, gay LGBTQIA plus have their corner. I agree. White people have their corner. Black men always standing in the middle of the room look, taking looking shots from every side, around, right? Like, That's where I felt Snoop's response came from. That was the visceral nature of the of the emotion that he that he responded in, is that we don't have the corner that has our that that wall that has our back where it feels like everybody else does. You know what I'm saying? And we're always exposed. That to me was why I understood, but yet again, I would've snatched that motherfucking phone out of his hand when he started to go to record, like you said thou, and put
4: that shit on IG. Yeah, I'm just, I know we're closing, I just wanna understand like where did Jada Pinkett feel like he was taking something away from her and talking to his daughter,
3: and like that was crazy to me. Because
2: you know? people ought to test themselves, me be victimized, yeah. it ain't got nothing to do with you.
3: Damn. It's got nothing to do with you, man. I mean, yeah, I think, I think let's wrap it up, I think, like like other cultures, stuff like this, you just need to keep it in house. Yeah. Um. Instead of going to a public platform, but and, they're public and, figures.
5: And, I ain't trying to tell nobody sorry. Right. Oh. Uh, and
3: then yeah. keep it on the platform right. you own. So let's wrap it up, Rosé You gonna give it? Sign us out, man.
4: Yo, man. Um. Easy, Rosé Feel good to have all the abros for the first time in the room together. You know, just talking this whole thing out. So, as you all know, no soft talk when it comes yeah, to telling the truth. Soft talk. <laughs> yeah.